Hello everybody, welcome to Cartridge and Quarters. Adam, aka CS Radical, here with you guys. Chris, aka Jin and Chris, here with us on this not Thursday. How are you doing this evening? This is a great Saturday morning and I love it. <laughs> it's the joke that never ends. I'm sure somebody listens to the show and be like, we get it, you record on Thursdays. Stop doing it. I can't help it though. Just like when, just like news, when we do this week in world, I can't help myself when I see like basketball for the NES. I can't help myself. Yes, yes, and it will be funny forever for everyone but me. Um, but I'm good. I am good. I've actually been playing retro games, and I've been enjoying it. Not much in retro news, but I mean in retro fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean I can definitely attest to that too. After uh, my solo venture on tuesday's recording for wednesday's podcast there now you know both recording dates so there there there's the entire backstage opened up yeah. to you but yeah i mentioned on pixel play with kayla not here uh, i ended up doing some silly things too i all i re i replaced the trophy stumpers with me doing a sporkle quiz of the top 50 all-time games in terms of sales i barely made it half i think really? I, I think i actually like struck half perfectly you would have done a lot better than me. I was very upset because there there were two major, well, there were three major mistakes, really, but two that really annoyed me. One, never consider Grand Theft Auto at any point in the 10 minutes I spent on that quiz. And, I, and that would have been easy because GTA 5 is on there three times. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. I, did, I realized it would have been on there once, but to be on there three separate times, it's like, yeah, it had three separate yeah. releases. The second okay. one was that I did Pokemon games and I went through as much as I knew and there were still three more I missed. <laughs> the other one yeah, was there were also a bunch of Mario games that I missed, but I will not apologize to anybody for forgetting that Super Mario Wii and Super Mario Wii U existed. Yep, that is true. That That is not nearly as much of a sin. Oh, that they are bestsellers, like in the gaming world. I get Wii, the Wii U one I didn't think would be. Yeah, oh, I mean, but it was re-released on Switch. I wonder if that counts. There were a couple that I did not expect. Like, Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec was on there, and I was not anticipating that to be on that at all. I would have never I wouldn't even that. anticipate a Gran Turismo being top 50 to be get. I wouldn't even gone top 100. No. So Maybe one of the originals or something? Well, Maybe, no, because I back guess. then it would have been harder, too, because they didn't sell as many oh, copies. right. That's the other thing. A lot of the games mm. that made the list were newer ones just because they have more of an audience to sell to now. Yeah. I mean, you had oh, yeah. like ones like the original Mario and things like that, but a lot more were newer games. Like a lot of them were the Call of Duty games because, you know, around that era is when 10 million was really easy for them to do. Yeah. There were two that really threw me off otherwise. I would have put Fortnite in a million times. It wasn't on there. PUBG is like third or fourth all time. So, Fortnite isn't? No, it isn't even in the top 50. I don't know if maybe that's the way the quiz was built, because I still kind of question it. I don't personally know nor care, because I don't really like either of them. The well, other maybe one... Maybe Fortnite, yeah. It's the, a free-to-play. Yeah, it's but it really depends on what they're doing it by. Like, again, this yeah. is a, probably a fan-generated quiz, so who knows? Yeah. And then the other one, and you would have been surprised by this too, Gary's Mod also apparently was on that list. I get it. But never would. But you have never would have considered it, right? No, it's just like everybody has Gary's mod. But it's like the five dollar Steam game everybody gets when they start using Steam for the first time. Yeah. It's just like a Steam staple. It's just like everybody has Left for Dead One. But it doesn't. I didn't even know if I'd consider that on the and list. And the only other Valve one was Counter Strike Source. Half Life Two wasn't there. Portal wasn't there. Yeah. See, I would have picked those way before Gary's mod. Yeah. Way before. But either way. Wow. To, to gloss over that part, I did mention also on that episode of Pixel Play that I had a retro review, the first one we're going to have on this show, because I actually fully finished a retro game. Fully finished? Fully finished. And I'll even the do one, I'll even do, I'll even do one better. I'm now, part, I'm now also running a randomizer of it. What? What happened? Last week's episode, we're talking about struggling to complete a game. That was like what two weeks ago. I think the... that was two weeks ago, actually. 
Whatever. That is a, that is not long ago. <laughs> well, apparently this one just hit right. Well, we'll get to that afterwards. But first, we got one story we're going to talk about. I mean, it's technically a new story, but it does fall in line with a lot of retro stuff. And also, oh, we, yeah. I thought it would be a really interesting conversation. Oh, yeah. So, Pokemon, the new one, Scarlet and Violet, is going to have an auto battle system. That's not huge news. Unless you've yeah. been playing Pokemon since the very beginning, in which case you go... Holy shit, that would save me so much more time not having to hit A button constantly just to tackle over and over that stupid Metapod. Yeah. Oh, Metapod. Fuck you. That would yeah. that makes Metapod battles bearable now. Yeah, it does. It does. Getting a Magikarp to Gyarados levels also kind of... Yeah, but if you auto-battle with Splash, you'll lose. <laughs> it's just... You soft-lock the game. <laughs> It's just a Magikarp against a Magikarp. You just hit the auto battle and you walk away and see and see what how long it takes for the for your Game Boy to just explode. Your switch is literally on fire. It's just it can't handle it. Uh, I, I thought that was really interesting to see that that's something that also was only just being implemented now, which is also an interesting thing considering yeah. how many games kind of have systems like that. Yeah, a lot do now, especially any re-release of any retro game. Auto battler and sped up battles are yeah. It's, it's either the auto or it's like you can fast forward. Yeah. So it's it's surprising that they didn't add that for the newer games, but I guess also they're thinking as well. If we take some of the play away from you, you maybe you won't care so much. I don't know. I don't know. E- either way, I thought it was just an interesting conversation altogether to have because there's a lot of things that we have now in present day games that. Good lord, we know that we wish we could have in some of the games that we used to play. I mean, granted, the answer is always going to be graphics and, you know, not even frame rate, though, because a lot of games ran in 60 frames back in the day. So technically, yeah. technically, technically it's not fine. frame rate. We but broke I mean, them like, at the N64. <laughs> I, I, know, I know, like, the first immediate big one that I can think of is autosave, because lord knows how many JRPGs that we played. And I remember renting yeah. both Final Fantasy, well, at the time, 2 and 3, before we realized it was actually 4 and 6, because Square hates people. Hey, we got our Square digging already. We're good. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I remember how many times I rented the copy of those games and then would have to leave the console on overnight because I had no no way of getting to a save point anytime soon. Yeah. And you know how parents are. The, the soon as they tell you to go to bed, you ain't, you ain't getting back up and playing again or you're going to be in real trouble and they're going to turn that console off. So I learned the old strategy of, you know, just put the tiny piece of duct tape over the red light so they don't notice and then turn the TV off and we're all good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did that. Because also, consoles back in the day did not sound like a massive fan was going off whenever you played them. No, they were silent. Now, granted, you see what they ran back in the day. The fan wasn't really needed as much. Nowadays, well, you might need a hurricane level fan to kind of help out with some of these uh, graphical, you know, insanities that we're opposing on these systems but oh yeah it's so loud some of them it's ridiculous but yeah auto saves definitely <laughs> the, the first one i would think of like that would not even just with jrpgs i think a lot of games in general would benefit from it because how many oh, games did we used to play where checkpoints really weren't a thing yeah there was no checkpoints it was like manual saves and usually only at specific locations and if you were so... lucky you had that at all otherwise it was game over uh go start at, from the beginning sucker yeah 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 saves oh i couldn't agree with you more with those auto saves like the amount of games that i've played i like i can't even think of one specific one off the top of my head it's just all of them before like 2000 like you're playing a game you die and whatever you just spent the last 14 minutes doing is gone and you gotta do it all over again yeah and it's not even like the collectibles that you got along the way you got to get them all again so you know where they are, but you're, like, finding the secrets you already found, but you died, so you're just recollecting them. It's brutal. Absolutely brutal. So that being implemented, just a game changer, <laughs> as they would say. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the one that comes to mind immediately, just because, like, you know, so many games that we used to play growing up were always the, the case of... Um, you know, you only have as many lives as you got, and then that was it. If you were lucky, you got continues, and then you just start from the same level you're in. But more often than not, you know, most games in the early days were just, this is how much you got, you better make it work. Now, later on, we would see things like, obviously, Mega Man with its code system, or you had, like, you could get, like, certain levels to start off with. Like, there were definitely ways to get around it, but there were still so many games that came out that still operated under that same principle of, you ain't gonna know anything 
you ain't going to be able to do anything unless you just, you know, you're really good at the game and you can clear through it all. Yeah. Are there any you can think of immediately in terms of like new mechanics that we have in games now that would have definitely been something you would have liked to see in some of the old games? Well, I mean, Auto Battler with Pokemon is one that I was immediately thinking of when I saw the uh, Pokemon article, just because they're has been a lot of remasters of games re-released, especially JRPGs from back in the day. And Tales of, those games have had auto battle in theirs for a really long time. I just played through Grandia, and that actually used to have it built into the system too. I don't think that was even part of the remaster. It was just, you could set specific tactics, um, whether you're going all out, being more conservative, heal a lot, or aim on using special abilities and all that. And... While I didn't always use those, when you are at a point in the game where you need to go grind out a couple levels, or maybe you don't need to, but you just have this urge to so you can be super overpowered at the next boss, it's so much of a game changer to just be able to do that. Put on a podcast, put on some music, and just, you know, you're doing out like the grinding, but it's so much better because like you're running back and forth to each battle and all that. You're healing in between when needed, but for the most part you've set up this RPG management system. It's more like you're playing a, a SimCity JRPG game where you set up the, you know, the management uh, stuff and that they actually just run and go do it. So it's so convenient. And I love Auto Battler for so many JRPG, well, any RPG, but like JRPG, anything like turn-based or like action RPG, but it's like you run into a battle and it comes up and, there's a few enemies within the circle, like the Tales of Games does that. I love that. I, I need it. I replayed Grandia. I played Final Fantasy 1 on my Steam Deck. If I didn't have that auto-battler, I wouldn't have finished it as fast as I did. And I'd Absolutely. probably still be doing it. Because it's fun choosing and getting, like, for boss battles, like, all right, this is going to be tough. Attack, magic, item. But when it's just, like, fighting goblins over and over and over because you want to gain three levels, auto-battle is so good. Yeah, like, one of the other ones that I think of, and this is not even necessarily limited to just, like, things that are in-game mechanically, like, even things that, like, most games have now that we take for granted that we didn't see back in the day, like, obviously with the technology back then, it wouldn't have been nearly as good, but, like, you think of what voice acting really did to transform, like, a lot of games to make them, like, that much more impactful. That's, like, a big thing. Even if, like, you could go back and just add voice acting to, like, old games, like, if you take, like, an old Final Fantasy or... Chrono Trigger, and even just have, like, voice acting over the text boxes. Like, I think there would be something really neat with that, almost like a visual novel style. Yeah, very much so. I I love, especially when the voice acting is done very well, it transforms the game, easily transforms the game. Especially ones where it's so much talking, and it's very story-driven, and you don't have to just read the whole thing. 100%. Yeah. I mean, there are even other things, like, and this is different from what it what it could have been back in the day when things weren't charged nearly as much. But like the idea of even like extra like outfits and costumes and and like even little things that we see in terms of like what DLC does for almost everything now, you know, thinking that most of the time characters that you had, I mean, on the basis again of space back then, but it would have been pretty cool to think if you had like, you know, say I keep defaulting into Final Fantasy because that's where a lot of my ideas are coming from right now of just having like characters that wear different things over courses of the game because the most you usually would get would be say like Rydia in Final Fantasy 4 who just goes from a child to being an adult and there's yeah. a costume change there or Cecil becoming a paladin and then maybe you'd see things like Terra in 6 having her morph you see um Edgar technically has a has a different coloration for a portion of the game but for the most part like most characters you never see ever change their outfit, no matter how long of a time period the game goes for, which kind of seems unrealistic in retrospect. But then again, I mean, even new games today do that. So that's not really that out of the ordinary, unless, you know, it's the kind of anime game where it's like, hey, here's the swimsuit portion of the game. Here's their uh, extra outfit that you can also pay $10 for a full pack of. There's always like I remember playing Xenosaga, which I don't I guess that's tech that I think that might be retro. No, maybe not. I'm I trying to remember don't when it was think it is yet. No, maybe not. It's probably like 2004 or something. It is. Uh, no, actually, it is. The first one is. It was February 28th this year. Nice. 
Well, I remember playing that, which is a game in space, and you're on ships running from everything. And then all of a sudden, they get to this one nice area that happens to have a little beach biome. So they all have to change into their bathing suits and go and make all the like passive-aggressive sexual comments at each other. Of course. I was like, we're in space. There is no beaches. What the hell is this? Was it in the first game, though? I'm trying to remember if it was the first game because I know they definitely uh, did in the, the follow-up game. Yeah, it was definitely yeah, the follow-up ones because the they changed the style a little bit more. Yeah, it could have been the second. Because I remember it being a big deal that Shion was like suddenly stupid hot, all like out of nowhere. Yeah, she I mean, be, yeah, Cosmos she already Cosmos. was just because they literally created her that way. Because of course, you got to make every female robot in the game like super hot. That's just the rule, yeah. apparently. That's just how it works. Yeah, terrifying and hot. But yeah, they, they, they took, you know, Shion. They they basically pulled the Yuna on her and was yes. just like, hey, we know you look kind of like normal and like, you know, more like cute and pretty than hot. But uh, here, we're going to take a few clothes off of you and we're also just going to like indiscriminately just suddenly like make your ass and tits bigger and there you go. Have, you know, have fun. Yeah. Oops. That just happened. Weird. That's really what all games <laughs> needed. More boobs, clearly. That is 100% all that was missing from every game. But, but wait. Triangle boobs, though? More Tifa boobs? Yes. More uh, Lara Croft original? Yes, that's what was missing. <laughs> More poke your eyes out action. There we go. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, mechanically, though, like, what other big things we've seen. Because save points was a big one. So auto save. Auto battle. I mean, fast forward, but that's also more of just emulations kind of done that for us, so it's not yeah, really yeah. necessary. There um, is one I've been thinking of, which is God Mode. And I don't think like I mean, we called that Game Genie back then, didn't we? Yes, yes, we did. Um, but, you know, with some retro games, like I've been playing one recently, and it's one that was typically hard for the sake of being hard, because on Nintendo, there's only eight levels, so they better make it worth it. Um, they added God Mode to a few of the games. And even more recently, I mean, not retro, but there was a game Tunic that came out on Game Pass, but obviously on Steam and other places as well. And it's like a very retro style game. It's like Link's Awakening or A Link to the Past, but with a fox. And it's extremely difficult. It's like Souls-level difficulty, very cute aesthetic, looks like Legend of Zelda, go have fun. And the thing is, is that normally with that game... And I know this because I actually played to that point. I would have played until it got too hard. But it's like a 20-hour game, and I would have got about hour 15 before I was like, man, this has ramped up too much. I don't want to try the same boss 38 times. And yes, there's easy, medium, hard, and all that in games. But it got to the point where I was like, I can't continue anymore, so I'm going to have to turn the game off. And then online, I found out the game actually had in options, in under accessibility, a god mode. So basically, you were invincible. I was like, I can just finish the last two hours I can't finish. I've already done the challenge part. I got what I wanted out of it challenge-wise. I can just turn on god mode and boom, I can go play. And it's like a way to actually finish a game that normally you wouldn't be able to finish. Or maybe you just don't have time. Yeah, it always brings back that conversation that's been had a million times about, you know, if games should have easy modes or, or if games that are much easier should have a hard mode. Like... I, I think, again, like, that's one of those things that always is left up to the developer themselves if they want to include that. The fact that Tunic does that is great. I think, honestly, like, if I had it my way, I would want to have that accessibility for everyone. But obviously, if the developer doesn't want to do that, then that's fine. Or in the yeah. case of, say, Elden Ring, if I ever do get around to playing it, I'm going to get the PC version because I know there are mods that can make the game easier. Yes. So that way, if I do want to play that game, uh, granted, I will try it as it's intended to start with to see just how hard it actually is. Yeah. But like, at some point, if I do enjoy the game, but I but I can't finish it, then eventually I'll figure out a way to either, if, you know, that's what cheat codes were back in the day, like Mega Man was hard as shit back in the day. So you put yeah. on the game gene, you give yourself infinite lives, and at the very least, you can just keep going. So you don't have to yeah. worry about game overing constantly. Yep. In the same way that, like, in GTA, if there was a mission that was really bugging you, you would just spawn in a tank, and there you go. Or you'd spawn in, like, a bunch of rocket ammo and just go nuts there. Yeah, that was awesome. I also loved the way Tunic did it, because it wasn't just, like, easy, medium, hard. Like, the game was played as intended, but in the options under accessibility options, there was god mode, where you're invincible. 
there was unlimited stamina and unlimited magic, and you could turn them all on individually. So if it was really just you got tired of the fact that when you did the roll, like in Legend of Zelda, you got tired and it was very annoying, you had to wait for your stamina bar to come up, you could just basically turn that piece of the game off and play the rest as intended. So it wasn't just, you know, oh, easy mode is this or medium is this. It actually let you pick and choose. Where do you want it to be hard? Where do you want it to be easy? Where do you want it to be as intended? You know, what do you want? And that was my favorite way of doing it because, I mean... I could I turned it all on just to finish off that last two hours, but still, it was I love that uh, bit of accessibility to everybody. Yeah, and and especially too like um, another game that I played a while back called Crosscode, which is almost like if Secret of Mana had more like parkour elements to it, and it had similar options too, where it was like, hey, if you think you're taking too much damage, you can lower the specifically lower the enemy damage or increase your damage or. You know, uh, even like things for the puzzles. Like that was another thing too. If the puzzles were too hard because of the thing, everything was on a timer, you could actually turn the timer down so that way you would have even more time to finish a puzzle. So like, I think a lot of games could have benefited from those options too. But obviously again, a lot of it, like we're all just like going into complete like super fantasy land because back then like the games were built that way because they couldn't fit that much on the cartridge to begin with. So there was only so much time you could put into it. That's why games generally were hard because you had to be able to justify why people were spending really what was like a hundred dollars our currency now, if not more, for games that on that you see speedrunners finish in twenty minutes now. So yeah. <laughs> it's 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 kind of one of those things that you know we talk about all these things that we'd like to see, and again it's all fantasy because they probably wouldn't be able to put that on the disc even if they wanted to or disc the cartridge. So like. Yeah. It's always it's just a fun thing to talk about, but man, like there there is a couple of things, and just seeing that Scarlet and Violet, because of obviously going all the way back to where the story started, seeing that Pokemon is getting an auto battler for the first time ever, yeah. is just kind of surreal too, because it seems like something that should have been there for a long time, but it just really wasn't ever a thing that was possible for a little while. I wonder if it could have been on like the Game Boy Advance era stuff. I feel like that could have been then. Maybe. Considering there were games, so considering there were games back then that I think did do it. Yeah, at that point they were just starting to introduce like shared XP amongst all five or six Pokemon in your party. Oh god, don't get me started about how stupid that was, where you had to like flip them out in and out, like you had to get your shitty yeah. Pokemon in and take them out and then go back. Yeah, like I feel like there was there's a couple stages now. It was like the original game, which was great for what it was, but like oh my god, the battles were brutal. To shared XP, that's amazing. To now an auto battler that you can have, like that's that's the pinnacle. Like that's I think as far as we need to go when it comes to the battle specific elements. I'm sure there's something else that I just we haven't thought of, and it's going to come out. We're going to be like, holy fuck, how did we not have this the whole time? But yeah, like to have that auto battler, the amount of Pokemon I would have played even more because I also love the way they're implementing it in the new game. Like it's not just you're going, like, you get an auto-battler in Final Fantasy 1 now in the remaster. The battle still comes up. It's just the computer's doing it fast-forwarded for you instead of you having to choose attack, 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 attack. Here, you're walking around the map as you see your Pokemon going and fighting other Pokemon and earning XP and stuff while you're, like, off collecting items in the area and stuff. Or you can follow the po Pokemon and just watch it because it'd be interesting to watch, like... They've done it in a way where you're not even stuck in the battle. It's like the battle's happening next to you and you're off doing your own little thing. And I think that makes it even more immersive and it's like a really cool way of doing it, which I can't think of a game that's actually done it like that before. Yeah. And I mean, going back to what you said too with the shared XP stuff, like that was such a weird decision that was made in, in some of these games. And even newer games did that. Like Final Fantasy X still had that system where you Brutal. couldn't share XP. So you would literally be like, okay... I'm in this zone right now. These three people tend to work the best here. So I'm going to take all the other ones, throw them in the battle first, switch them out, and then f finish the fight off with those three. And you do that so much, and it's so infuriating. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, weirdly enough, there are games way before that that did it. Super Mario RPG had a shared XP system. Yes. Yes, it did. Which is kind of really interesting that that game would considering it was Square that was making it and still made other games where they didn't have that system. Did Chrono Trigger have that? I'm trying to remember. 
Shared XP? I think it did, but I think that the people not in your party had like a reduced XP, but I think it, they still leveled been, up. It might have been that. I don't quite remember. Yeah. Because I remember not having to like switch out people and like, wow, they're level two. Like, I remember they would still gain levels, but they would be a little bit. Yeah, behind. they wouldn't be like nearly as caught up. Whereas with yeah. Super Mario RPG, they level at the same rate. Like, the yeah. EXP gets shared, so if you fight a battle that normally would have gotten you four and you take on a new character, you're probably going to get more like two or three now. But at least they're all getting the same amount. So yeah. at least in some systems, like, that's that. There's just, it's a lot of like quality of life adjustments that I think would be the biggest things of all. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, auto, like auto save, auto battle, like things like that. Like, those are obviously the right. big ones. Anything that more just helps you not get completely frustrated and bored, those are yes. always high. Yeah. I remember when I got the Final Fantasy 10 slash 10 to remaster on Steam, the first thing I did was find a mod, which of course existed, which just slightly updated the game to give shared XP throughout the whole game. And I really loved playing Final Fantasy X going through that way. Because I was like, holy crap, that was the one and only like main gripe I had with this game. And I just fixed it. Thank you, PC. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for sure. It's funny, though, that I mentioned Super Mario RPG earlier, because guess what the game was that I'm going to review just now? You play that makes sense because you had texted about that a week and a half ago. I thought you were just watching someone else play it. Aha! Oh, that's such a good game. Oh, I'm yeah, so proud that that's the game you chose. I was still searching about for stuff to do, and I remember, well, when I was sick with COVID, I watched a lot of GDQ runs because you're lying in bed. You can only watch this, like, five-minute videos over and over again before eventually you're like, okay, I need to fall asleep, but I also am having trouble sleeping, so let me throw on something that's going to take a while. And Lord knows, most of the games that I like watching in GDQ or JRPGs, guess what? They're usually the longest ones, so... I yeah. watched like a Final Fantasy VI run. I watched both Final Fantasy IV Vanilla and the Randomizer. I watched the VI Randomizer one because that was recent. I watched Chrono Trigger. And of course, I watched Super Mario RPG. And because I got on that train of thinking about all those games, I thought, okay, I haven't played Super Mario RPG in forever either. Why don't I give that a shot again? I tried Nine recently. I tried Chrono Trigger recently. Those didn't seem to stick. Maybe this one will. And it, it blew by. I finished that so goddamn fast. Now, I had a guide in front of me because there's things that I never got to have back in the day. And I did... I, I spent a lot of time practicing the timing for the super jumps to get the super suit. Yeah. Finally managed to do that. So that was a game... That's a game changer. Then you get things like the... I did the Kulex battle where you face the, uh, the boss that's in the Final Fantasy-themed room. Yeah. Got the... I believe it's the attack scarf that comes out of there. Got the lazy shell, which you need a seed and fertilizer for that I didn't even know existed in the in the in the game when I when I played it. I remember doing that. I remember doing that one. So like I got pretty much everything that you can get in that game. And my god, like that game was way more fun than I remember it being. Not to say that it was bad. I just like I when I played through it again, I'm like, wow, this is actually like really, really good. And I think I actually appreciate it more now. Now yeah, granted, the story is, is completely not necessary you're really just there for like the fun like it's almost like anime-esque dialogue that happens usually between mario mallow and bowser i mean peach and, and is it geno or, or gen i don't is it gino gino i guess yeah but like those two kind of stay to the side but those three which ended up being my party because mario obviously has the super jump so that's a shit ton of damage bowser's your your big tank and Mallow, with whatever build I have, because I've heard people say Mallow isn't that great, um, Mallow's Thunderbolt was just consistently amazing yes. for me. Oh, and yeah. his attack was actually doing really well, too. So, like, he was a good backup plan if I needed yeah. just a couple extra punches in there. And he's got decent heals, too. Yeah, he, he's, got, he's like, healing rain around. or something. I know yeah. a lot of people would usually lean to, like, Mario, Peach, uh, Geno, which, to each their own, right? But, like, that's I ended up going with... With basically the three people that do the best uh, expressions and, and dialogue throughout the entire game. Oh, yeah. Because, my God, any time that Mario gets to impersonate what's happening in front of him is, is the best part of the game. Oh, I love that they left him as Silent Mario and he does, like, miming, basically, to explain to people what's going on. Yeah, e even, so even, in a, even in a JRPG about himself, Mario still has to play Silent Protagonist. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like, what, like, are you the real Mario? And you just jump really, really high to prove it. Yep, that is that's how you do it. But yeah, oh, that's such a good game. It was so good. I was so 
I still didn't deal too much with it. Like, there's still a lot of attacks in that game that I didn't use. I didn't really use any of Bowser's, like, special attacks at all. I know there are certain ways to beat other enemies, but I did what I usually do. I overgrind. There's there's a spot in, um, in, um, in, in Jones's castle, or Johnny's castle. There we go. Johnny's pirate ship. There we go. Not castle. Yeah, the pirate Where ship, yeah. The, like, you have dry bones that just keep regenerating, and right around that time is a perfect set of experience points that really helps you level really quickly. So I would just do that for a bunch of time. I end up being, like, probably three or four more levels than I should be up, and now bosses are, like, much more easier to deal with. Like, the Axum yeah. Rangers were finally not as much of a pain in the ass as they used to oh, be. Oh, those fucking Axum Rangers. Oh, they were so annoying the first time I fought them. I was not leveled enough. And like, what do you do? Now, granted, some of the bosses were a little bit easier when you know you have all the best weapons and armor in the game kind of in your favor, but hey. Yeah. It's all about the fun you have. And it really did feel like a breeze. Like, there's a few things that I would complain about. I think like the Yoshi mini game is still kind of weird because the timing is not exactly what you expect it to be sometimes. Yeah. That's a little bit strange. I think they could have done a little bit more in terms of you know, like, like different, like, I guess like, well, status effects is more something that you deal with. You don't really inflict them. Yeah. So that's not like the most that you really get to do is you get like, if you throw, um, what's the thing called pure water on an undead person, it's like an insta kill. Like there are things like that, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's still pretty simplistic. Granted, you also were now playing a, a JRPG in, on a super Nintendo where timing was actually a big deal. So yeah. You're probably giving up a few things to make that work. I found also that like, I like if there was a game where items are even more useless, like Mario RPG ended up being that a bunch for me because once you, if you do just a little extra grinding, you almost never need mushrooms, and they actually do a pretty good job. Well, I guess for to its detriment of like putting chests around and flower tabs and things like that that just replenish your your magic. To the point that you don't end up using syrups nearly as much either. Yep. So there's like little things like that. But for the most part, like, I, th I felt like everything did a pretty good job. Apart from just, you know, usual old school JRPG thing where you just do a lot of extra fighting that you normally wouldn't if you didn't have to. But hey, that's a JRPG in a nutshell. Yeah. I want to go back and play that one so bad. I probably will now. Because there, there are so many things that I remember. Like, the part where, like, Mallow somehow comes, like, gets told the unbelievable secret that he's not actually a tadpole it's like who what? would have guessed it Spoilers. how is that even possible <laughs> even just the cool thing of like you know getting to play a mario game where bowser's with you and then peach eventually yes. joins you like that was pretty neat and like the music in that game too is so damn good oh, good so good like battle music is pretty fantastic i still think my favorite is uh the booster tower music like the one that sounds like um yes. a saxophone's like playing around yeah. Oh, as soon as that's... you see him for the first time and he rides away on his little toy train and you start hearing yeah. the burr, burr, burr. <laughs> I love that music. That freaking guy. Like, what the hell is he? And he's stealing Peach and all that. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, at that point, you just don't ask questions. You're just like, I guess this is just where we are right now. Yeah, we really need to stop this guy. He's kind of rapey. <laughs> and in the end, he's just an absolute dumb fuck. Oh, yeah. Because then, oh. then he just ends up, at the end of the game, he ends up marrying Valentino, one of those bosses you fought, like, later on in the game. Yeah. Because all he really thought was he just wanted to have a party, so they were like, well, let's go get married, because it's kind of like a party. Uh, you get to eat, like, cake and do stuff, and he's like, well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I love cake. <laughs> and then, the of course, there's that fucking cake boss. Not not the show, oh. just, a, just a cake that's a boss. Yeah, not the show. And yeah. the cake is I moving, and you have, like, the two, like, German-accented chefs... I guess they're supposed to be French, but uh, yeah, yeah, I guess they would be French. The cake. The cake. The cake oh, is God. moving. That's so good. And then eventually, like, Booster just looks at the cake and he's like, I don't know what to do with this. He's like, well, just eat it in one bite. And he's like, what? Ugh, I'm really nervous right now. Uh, I don't know if I can do this. And they just throw the cake at him and he just chomps it. I'm like, that's how the boss fight ends. It's not the usual. The, it fades away. It's just yeah. he eats it. And then they're just like, oh, I guess that's it. It's over. And they walk away. <laughs> Because that was the other thing, too. Some of the boss battles, like, they do really interesting ways of, like, how it operates. Yeah. Because it isn't just as simple as you start a fight and you go until it's over and they disappear. Yeah. You know, like, there's the, I think it's Bowyer. 
the boss where actually can take one of your button prompts away. Oh yes, I do remember that. Because because oh. there were what was some of the other gimmicks? Because you had well you had that um that big octopus boss that you did in like three different sets. Yep, you took out some tentacles first. Work your way. You had Croco who would take your items away. I think in Mo- oh. in Moville, I think he does that. Yeah. Oh, that asshole. Yeah, there, there's a lot of different fun things that they do to just kind of switch it up so it's not just the same thing over and over again. Obviously, you do have bosses with phases, like there was the Volcano Dragon. Obviously, the end boss has another form. The Axum Ranger's kind of building the stuff. You have bosses that combine at points, like the um, the two like clown people at the top of Booster Tower. They do that. Yeah. Did you um? Did you find Link? Uh, I for- totally forgot about that part now that you mention it. Oh yeah, you can find him asleep in bed. Isn't he in? Isn't isn't that Mary Moore? I think. I think so. Where you have to get like the special suite or something. Yeah, yeah, and you end up going to a different pipe and coming out of the house, and Link's just asleep. Oh no, that one. Okay, I don't think I did that. There were a couple of things that I still missed. By the way, carrying a shiny stone for the Kulex fight for like half of the game and still keeping it, you stare at it and you go, "I know I can just sell you." But I'm not gonna anyway, because that's just how I well I work. JRPG, hold on to everything in case you might need it later. But the last thing that I that I got to do while playing that game was, and you got to see a picture of it, is that through GDQ I learned that you can skip the entire first star boss. You can skip Mac completely. Which I, I th- which blew my mind the first time I saw it. And the fact that I was able to actually do it, because they even said in, in GDQ, it's like you know, with a couple of tries, you can actually do it. And thankfully, with emulators, you can just save state, so you can just be right next to the spot you want, and you can keep trying. So really, all, all it is is that on the left side of the stairs where you have, like, the two sets of, um, like, the Shy Guys on Pogo Sticks, whatever you want to call them, the Bouncy Shy Guys. Because that's really what they were. Yeah. And if you manage to jump on top of the head of the first one on the left-hand side, there's a small window that if you jump from a certain spot at a certain direction, you completely get through the trigger point for the boss and you can just talk to the chancellor who's already buried in the corner and that triggers like you've finished the boss so the entire cutscene will play with mac and them still standing there and it's very entertaining to watch now granted i reset and did the boss anyway because i wanted to yeah still it's the fact that like that's something that can be done which is such a cool thing like that's another thing with going back to old games that i like just watching them be absolutely broken, like watching, you know, how the sketch glitch is done in Final Fantasy VI, where they completely just shatter the game's code. It's like stuff yeah. like that. Or even with yeah. Super Mario RPG, they figured out a way to get um the shocker spell on Peach, so Peach had a much earlier attack damage spell rather oh, yeah? than like waiting earlier in the game. Yeah, that was another thing in the GDQ run. They managed to. F- I can't remember how because I haven't. I don't remember that specific one because I didn't actually do it myself. But yeah, they figured out a way that. You you somehow mess the game's code up so that it thinks that when Peach levels up, it's actually Mallow, so they give her the Shocker spell. Oh, Which I guess comes in here, because I, I imagine Peach probably has the higher magic attack anyway, based on her levels. Yeah. So that's probably yeah. the reason why they do it. So you just have, like, well, also, like, you have a higher magic attack and you have it on somebody who normally doesn't, you don't get to use earlier. Maybe it's also that she has better healing magic, too, so that helps. But I just thought, like, that's really cool getting to see games broken like that. And when you get to replay them and actually, like, try some of them is is also extra cool. Nice. You're making me want to go back and play Super Mario RPG, like, really, really bad. And now, like, and now really I'm messing bad. with a randomizer for it, which is not nearly as interesting as, say, like, the 4 randomizer that I've been running for a while now. But it's still interesting, you know, starting a game and getting... Just whatever characters. And also, depending on how the flags are set, they may not even have the same equipment that they normally do. The weapons will, but armor-wise, you know, suddenly Peach has the the pants instead, or, you know, Mallow gets to wear a cape. And also, you know, the bosses are randomized. The enemies are sort of randomized. The one that you run into, like if you run into a Goomba, there's still a Goomba in the fight, it seems, but there's enemies from other areas that are now also in that fight that are scaled down. Okay. And all the all the boss fights randomize where the star location is. So, for example, in my trial run, the literal first boss where you fight the hammer bro gave me a star. Whereas I went to the Mac fight. Who did I fight in the Mac fight? I think it was Johnny, and that didn't give me a star. 
so there's interesting things like that and i got the lazy shell almost immediately so that was uh that was lucky for me yes oh yeah, such like, a good weapon it's cool stuff like that and that's another thing too like going back and playing old games and then like finding all the different ways that people have messed with it with randomizers and stuff like that i wish that i enjoyed like say link to the past or super metroid enough that those were games that i would be willing to go back and maybe try randomizers of but i barely even have an interest to play the originals but those communities yeah. are thriving yeah yeah i love watching that stuff i don't know if i could get in there myself with super mario rpg maybe but like watching this stuff it's just oh it's it's like comfort food i don't know what it is yeah i don't know and i mean i i thought about it too and i think the only reason that that one stuck compared to the other ones that i tried was the time battles like it, it was more investing in your input rather than just hitting fight over and over and over and over and over yeah yeah that and also, is true. because it does mix in like platforming and there is the comedy to it i think it definitely was a much more interesting game overall too so i think that yes. helps a lot. oh for sure and the colors the the music the everything like it is just a very well approachable game for everybody with it's definitely not intimidating at any point yeah and it's gorgeous absolutely gorgeous of a game but yeah that's right that's what i've been doing and now right. and now i'm back to playing you know more modern games again for now Oh, are you? What are you playing now? Well, right now I'm playing a game called Played Up, which is kind of like an overcooked sort of game. Yes. I've, I've also been messing a little bit with Grand Blue Fantasy Versus now that that's free on PlayStation Plus. So it's nice. just it's a nice little fun 2D fighter that you get you can pop in once on Blue Moon and play it. So it's not not too crazy, but those are both kind of taking up my time right now. Nice. I have been playing the Cowabunga Collection. Uh, it was my birthday this week, and I was decided to treat myself. So I bought the Cowabunga collection. My only gripe with the collection was that it's 50 Canadian dollars. Like Shredder's Revenge just came out and it's like the perfect game. It was only $28 new. Cowabunga collection comes out and it's like 50 bucks. For the older games, it's like, oh, that, you know, I'm going to wait till it's on sale. However, I wanted to buy myself something to play on my Steam Deck. Absolutely the perfect game to play on Steam Deck. It says it's, they're not sure if it's supported yet because they haven't checked it. It's too new. I can confirm to everybody listening, it is 100% Steam Deck verified. Like, it's going to be fine. It, it works flawlessly on it. Um, I've already beaten two games. I beat... And these were on purpose. I had two Ninja Turtle games as a kid that I played a lot. I had uh, Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game on NES, and I had uh, Fall of the Foot Clan on Game Boy. I never beat either of them because they were too hard. The Game Boy game, I would get close. It was only five levels, but like level four, I think it was maybe, um, which is where you'd fight Shredder for the first time and all that kind of stuff, just like kicked my ass. So these games, I played the first three levels of both a lot, but never really got further. Um, so I loaded up the Game Boy game first, played through and beat it in like 45 minutes. It was still tough at points just because of cheap Game Boy old school gameplay, um, which was cool. But when I threw in the second, like the Ninja Turtles 2 arcade game on the NES, I looked and there was like before like selecting the game and the game, by the way, has the most gorgeous menu I've ever seen. It's a comic book. And when you go to a different game, that game, as well as a video of that game, is playing just in one comic panel. And the rest of it is old 80s Ninja Turtles comics. Like, very vibrant and right there. So gorgeous. Um, on each game, when you looked at stuff, you could pull up a strategy guide of the game. And it was like an old school strategy guide. And you actually went from panel to panel looking at secrets and stuff like that. But there was also some accessibility options for some of the games. For example, I, I was like playing the arcade game and TMNT2 on NES. It got hard like halfway through. I got further than when I was a kid, but like I was not doing great. One of the options was a god mode. And I was like, oh yes, I finally need to see what it looks like when you beat this game. I'm doing it. I'm throwing well, like a god in, mode. What, like in the it. NES Ninja Turtle game, that was so freaking hard. Believe it or not, that's the only one I saw that doesn't have a freaking god mode. They of left course. that one as hard as impossible. I haven't even loaded it up. If it had a god mode, I would have hopped right in there and played through and beat that game for the first time. But no, all the arcade games, the beat-em-ups, all of that, they all have like a god mode. They had other cool features too, like you could leave on the stuttering from the original NES cart. 
when there was too many enemies on screen and it would like stutter a bit, you could leave that on or off. It was completely up to you. So you could actually play it as it originally was. Um, I obviously went through, like made everything smooth, turned off the stutter. When I say smooth, I mean like smooth frame rate where it wouldn't stutter. Um, the sprites that they wouldn't like slightly disappear and everything when there was too many enemies on the screen. Like I turned off all of that stuff um, and God mode and played through and beat TMNT 2 as well. And it is, I I, immediate, I take back what I, my gripe with it being 50 bucks. The amount of games on there and the fact that I've only beaten two and it looks as gorgeous as it is and all that kind of stuff. Still wait for a sale if it's not like you're a hardcore TMNT fan. But it's a really, really good collection of games. Yeah, they... I, I, got, I got to say, like, I have it on screen right now. The fact that they included Tournament Fighters was a big thing for me because yeah. I really think, like, especially the Super Nintendo version, I think that's a really underrated game. Oh, 100%. And they've got the Genesis version, the Super Nintendo version, or the NES version. I didn't know there was an NES version. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But yeah, like, the Sega Genesis games on there, obviously Turtles in Time, Super Nintendo... Uh, the three Ninja Turtle games from NES, three Game Boy Ninja Turtle games, which I didn't realize there was three of them. And then um, the original arcade game and Turtles in Time, both from the arcade, which are online and four player. All the others, they don't have online because they're only two player, but you can still local co-op play if you want. Uh, no problem. They've got a music area. You can go into the turtle lair and you go into the Ninja Turtles area. It has stills from every episode of every Ninja Turtle cartoon. You can go and look at those. Play music, look at comics, look at strategy guides and magazines, and even just advertisements from like Electronic Gaming Monthly from like 1990. You can just do all of that. And it's like all, it's just nostalgia hitting you so hard in the face. Yeah, I've been, so I've been very pleased with what I've seen from this game because it looks like they really have put a lot of passion into it. Oh yeah. Instead of it just oh, being yeah. like a simple like here's just here's a couple of games and you shut up and give us money kind of setup. Yeah, no. Even just the menu for selecting the games is like one of the most gorgeous parts of the entire experience. Yeah, even the the obviously you can do stretched widescreen if you want, which looks fucking horrible for a lot of the games because like it's on a Game Boy screen. Like yeah, I think I think from looking at the footage that I've seen so far, it's better to have it like with that border that they have around it. Yes. Yes, and you can leave it at the original resolution, which is a fair bit smaller, so like real Game Boy size. Or you can make it full screen, but it leaves the same aspect ratio. It's, it's more just expansive, so it hits the top and bottom of the screen. And the border is gorgeous. You can turn that off if you want, but it's the actual like game art from each individual game, so it changes they depending on what you're playing. It looks amazing. I can't wait to play more of it. And the achievements are actually super simple. There's one achievement for each game. Just beat it. Beat every game and you'll get all the achievements. The only issue is one of those achievements is to beat the original NES one. Yeah, have fun with that. It had so there's save states. You can save every two seconds if you want. Try something, die, just reload it up. I did that a couple times in the Game Boy version. Um, and a rewind feature. And it's very simple. It's just like L1 is the rewind, and you can go back 15 seconds or 10 seconds or something. Uh, or the save states is R1 brings up the game menu for you can save, look at the strategy guide, which gives you like where all the secrets are and everything. Um, yeah, you can you can play with all the different settings in there, God mode and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's honestly, it's fantastic. That's awesome. It is uh, the only thing I think people might still say is 50 bucks is a lot. It is. If you look at all the games in there, it's like less than five dollars a game. But you're not buying but it. it but if you're you only looking to really pack. play Turtles in Time and like maybe one other game, then yeah. Yeah, it's expensive. I mean, I'll probably personally be waiting for it to drop like maybe to like 30. Yeah. But if that's it's, also yeah. because like I can do anything else than play a game. So. Oh, yeah. 100%. If it goes down like 50% off, and I, I highly suggest just everybody buy this. Just anybody who played any kind of beat em up Ninja Turtle or fighting game Ninja Turtle or Game Boy, whatever, I guess, platformer Ninja Turtle game, like. They've been they've done an incredible job with the actual collection. It's smooth, it's gorgeous. Yes, it's a little expensive, but if you wait for a sale, like you will not regret buying it, like at all. Not at all. You know what we do regret? The fact that it's R the H. end of the show, which means it's time <laughs> for Chris's favorite part, this week and we're old. And this is not intentional. The fact that this is the first game on the list is amazing. So okay. 
Uh, it's. I'm going to give you guys a heads up. It's actually pretty dead this week. So we're going we're gonna to start off with the 4th of, of September. One game on the list, 1993, Super Nintendo release North America, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. Really? Yep. Dang. Yeah. Wow. There you go. And like I said, very underrated fighting game. That's something that everybody should be checking out. So if you can get the Calabunga Collection, I strongly suggest. I mean, I, I my bias is towards the Super Nintendo version, but I imagine all of them are pretty good. So Yeah, yeah. and there's an achievement for all three, so you might as well play through all three of them and get each achievement. Right. Can't they, they each have a different final boss or something, though? I don't know. I don't know. I'm and not really sure. I know, I've never like actually played any of the ones aside from the Super Nintendo. That's why my bias is there. But uh, yes, that was another and thing too about getting to get the collection is I want to try those. Yes, and apparently if you turn it like each game, you can go from either the U.S. or the Japanese version. Apparently with the fighting game, the Japanese version is a little more jiggly. If you know what I mean, so you can turn that on too. <laughs> of course. Uh, of course. So nothing on the fifth. So we go to the sixth, where there are four things here. All of them in the two thousands. Uh, the first one, I hated this game, which is why I'm putting it on the list. A lot of the times, it's just spite that I put some of these on here. So 2001 yeah. release for the PlayStation 2 in Japan. This is still when Yu-Gi-Oh! games decided that they didn't follow the rules sometimes. So Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, the Duelist of the Roses, which tried to turn okay. Yu-Gi-Oh! into almost like a bit of a board game, and the rules made no sense, and it it was hard as shit, because, well, probably because I didn't understand the rules, and I don't want to play that game again now to find out if I did un- didn't understand it. Because if I want to play a Yu-Gi-Oh game, I'll go back and play uh, Stairway to the Destined Duel or Worldwide Championship Edition or whatever it was called. That was on Game Boy Advance and just use all the cheat codes to get all the cards and just go have a blast. Or I guess I could play the new free-to-play game, even though that I would get lost immediately in the fact that there are so many goddamn cards now. Yeah, no, that would be overwhelming. It's why I can't go back to Hearthstone and I certainly can't get back into Magic. It's just like I would get overwhelmed now. Yeah, no, I I can't do it. Also, I would lose a lot. Just play Gwent. No. <laughs> Where's our standalone free-to-play triple triad? Yeah, where is that? I would buy that. I, I mean, I sure, like... I'm sure they just call it Play Final Fantasy XIV. It's free-to-play. Critically acclaimed Final Fantasy XIV. Triple triad in there? Yep, it's in the uh, gold saucer. What? Oh, uh, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, otherwise, 2000 uh, Dreamcast release in Japan, Capcom versus SNK, a.k.a. Yeah. the many different versus games that Capcom did. Yeah, they did a really good job with those. I, that's probably not the more popular one. Yeah, because um, realistically, but... for the most part, people will remember it as it being Capcom against King of Fighters, because that's really yeah, what most of it was. But Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Cap- I bet you that game, I haven't played that one specific, but I bet you it's still a fantastic fight. I mean, Capcom. 2D games back in those days were generally pretty good all the time, so. Yeah, the only way to fuck it up was to go 3D. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. You- fuck. Uh, 2000 Dreamcast release also in Japan, Dino Crisis. Ah. Didn't, didn't even realize I got a Dreamcast release. I did not either. But that's another yeah. thing we're learning. We're finding out that, oh, it wasn't just this one console? Okay, so not everything was exclusive back in the day. Yeah, no. And then this one's a personal one. 2000 release for the N64 in North America. I don't know if you've ever heard of this one. It's called San Francisco Rush 2049. I do know that name. Is it like a racing game? What is it? It was a racing game, but it was also like a stunt racer, sort of. Yeah. So you get these like cars with wings on them. And all we would do is me and my brother would rent this game sometimes. And we would just play the stunt mode where you're just trying to get the most points. So we would try to go off the highest jumps we could and just flip as many times over and over again just to try to rack, rack up the score. I thought that one was just a neat one. I wish I could go back and and look at it again and probably play like, wow, this is actually terrible. I want. I wish the old Destruction Derby games were back because those were really good. Those were Because it was like Burnout before Burnout, sort of. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's it for the 6th. The 7th has absolutely nothing, so we move on to the 8th. So yeah, that's two out of four days had really nothing of interest. There were things there, but there were things I didn't recognize nor thought were funny, so... Yeah. Uh, so September eighth now, two thousand PS one release North America. 007 The world is not enough. Uh, I don't know that if there's a difference between that and the N sixty four version, which is how I know it from. I imagine there's I know, probably slight the, differences. There probably is. I had the N sixty four version as well. That was a good game. And then it's not a sport, but I couldn't help myself from this nineteen eighty six NES release in Japan, simply titled Banana. 
Okay, that's the best one yet. What the hell is that game about? I looked at it. It's, it looks like a puzzle game, and that's about all I could figure out from watching it. Bat, it's a banana simulator where you're a banana. That's all it. right. So, I lied. Uh-oh. This week wasn't dead. It's just the last two days of the week that have all of it. So here on all the right. 9th, so I'll, oh, the I'll ninth tell was in advance, a big day. the 10th is eight games. The ninth is eight games and three consoles. I know one from the ninth because I was there picking up a game uh, that also launched on the ninth. So I probably know one game and one console. We'll, na- we'll the name the game. Final Fantasy VIII. That is correct. I will get in, to that in, in a second, America. though, because the first one on the list, 2002 release in North America for the Game Boy Advance, the first Mega Man Zero game. Whoa. So that is now retro. And then after that, we go to 1999, where, yes, as you said, PlayStation 1 released North America, Final Fantasy VIII, a.k.a. Trains, 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 Trains. Trains. <laughs> and uh, so face tattoos did. before Mike Tyson thought it was cool. Yeah, Zell. Man, that guy loved his hot dogs and face tattoos. Right? That's the weirdest combo ever. <laughs> so also in 19, bleh, 1999, the first of three consoles that we have on this list. So the Sega Dreamcast launched in North America. Yep. Some of the games, I'm not going to include all of them because you're not going to know what half of these are. So I'll only include the interesting ones. Some of the ones included Mortal Kombat Gold, which was just an updated version of Mortal Kombat 4. Yep. NFL Blitz 2000. Power Stone, which we have mentioned on the show a couple of times. Ready to Rumble Boxing which I remember seeing in a, at, at our local arcade because they used to have the, I guess, like the Dreamcast that were hooked up to TVs so you could play like some of these things. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm thinking of it. Because since, since the one that we went to was kind of like sort of a Sega arcade because most of the games in there were Sega properties, yeah. I guess they just threw a couple of Dreamcasts in there. I was like, all right. Yeah, why not? And then obviously Sonic Adventure, which we all know was a great Sonic game and not broken. <laughs> I love it because it was so broken. I don't know why. It's like the only 3D Sonic game I enjoyed. Yeah. Minus like Generations, but that's more of like... Yeah, it's, that oh, doesn't really count because it kind yeah. of is both. Yeah, and even the 3D parts are just this straight rail. You can't actually go anywhere. Yeah. It hold the button to boost or just go forward. <laughs> uh, it's funny that I mentioned NFL Blitz because in 1998 for the N64 North America, the original one was released there. Wow. Also, that was fun. Also in 98, two games released for the PlayStation 1 in North America, Parasite Eve, which I believe we've talked about on the show before, and deserves a remake. I, oh, terrifying. Terrifying clowns. And then the first uh, Spyro the Dragon as well. Oh, Spyro! I, I think that's the him. first time we've mentioned Spyro on the show too, which is so. kind of interesting given how long the show's gone. You'd think we would have come across one by now, but nope. Yeah. Nah. Uh, and then moving on to 1996, we're not we're only halfway through the list at this point. Uh, arcade release in Japan, X Men versus Street Fighter. Wow, today's amazing. I love this day. It's still not done because in 1995, <laughs> the PlayStation launched in North America. That was also on the night. I do know that because one time I went into a GameStop and it was my birthday, which was is the seventh on a Saturday, and they were doing because it was the Saturday a PlayStation birthday. And they had a cake. And then I was eating cake. And then the store owner found out it was also my birthday. It was my 13th birthday. And he was like, well, you got to celebrate with the PlayStation. And they started to like sing happy birthday to me and the PlayStation at the same time. It's probably why I'm a gamer. Nice. I think that that's the moment. I think it was my 13th birthday. I made no 14th. 14th. Well, there you go. He's dating himself. Birthday. There you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 14 when the PlayStation was turning one. But yeah, uh, some of the games listed at launch on this one, not nearly as actually good as the Dreamcast one is, surprisingly enough, but uh, Battle Arena, Toshinden, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, Rayman, Ridge Racer, and Street Fighter the movie, the game. Oh, God, that last one just had to ruin it all. That game is actually pretty funny looking. Like, what the hell? It's Mortal Kombat, but Street Fighter. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Yeah, when you look at it. Also, uh, speaking of Mortal Kombat, that wasn't even an intentional segue. Uh, 1994 released for the Genesis and Game Gear in Japan, the second Mortal Kombat. Also known oh. as Fuck You, you're going to get hurt really bad because Mortal Kombat 2 is freaking so hard. hard. So hard. Trying to actually get through each character in the arcade mode or whatever. Like, I've seen the ending to two characters, and it took a long time. Yeah. 
like a long time. Yeah, the game back then decided that uh oh you got you got to the last couple of uh bosses here, mini bosses that we got here. Oh here's a Mataro, have fun with that. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. And then if you somehow got through him, Shao Kahn was like Yeah. Guy was just a rock. Like a very vicious, angry, murderous rock. Mm-hmm. Still 1994, our third and final console launches. This one was the Neo Geo CD in Japan. Okay. Never played that. Uh, yeah, I mean, this one, obviously, most people wouldn't even know existed. I didn't even know Neo Geo CD was a thing. <laughs> but some of the games that were launched with that was uh, Art of Fighting 1 and 2, Baseball Stars 2, and Fatal Fury 1, 2, and Special. Baseball Stars 2, I have that on my Steam account. I don't even know where it came from. They Probably put it some out- bundle somewhere. <laughs> Guaranteed. Because I knew it, I was like, oh, this is nostalgic. I, I don't know where I played it. Maybe I did play the Neo Geo CD. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. And then last but not least, 1983 NES release in Japan, Mario Bros. Not that Mario Bros. The one that you oh, see yeah. in collections where you're like, wait, this is a Mario game? The one where it's yeah. just you and Luigi battling? Yep. Yep. All the, all that game. That's actually fun, but I liked playing it as a mini game within Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah. When you play two player and you can do that. That was fun. But wow. 1983, the year of my birth. Jeez. (sighs) And finally, we rest on today, September the 10th. Like I said, eight games are also on this list. 2001, North American release for the Game Boy Advance, the first Advance Wars, which I'm very happy that they brought back, at least in some sort of a remastering. Because that was a fantastic series and could have done more. Honestly, oh, yeah. like that, that was a game that you could have sold as a starting game on Switch and would have been perfect for it. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird that they waited so long to have another one, and even that it's delayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1999, Game Boy Color in North America. Didn't realize this was a Game Boy Color game, but then again, they put a lot of things on, on handhelds. Uh, Duke Nukem was apparently a Game Boy Color game. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. I have to try this version. <laughs> Uh, 1998, this is my personal favorite. Uh, PlayStation 1 released North America, Mega Man Legends. Yeah, it's such a good one. Also, PlayStation 1 release. Oh, I just said 3D done right. Yep. Yeah, that's one of the few cases where something moved to 3D and actually worked. And then they stopped doing it after one more. Also, uh, PlayStation 1 released in 1998 North America, NFL Blitz, which we mentioned earlier for N64. This one I only know because Pro Jared did a video for it. In 1994, in North America, in Super Nintendo, there's a game called Kid Clown and Crazy Chase. And that's with all Ks, except for Chase. It is a game that is a gigantic middle finger to you. Because it's a game about you having to, like, run through, like, this obstacle course and try to collect things. Except it doesn't tell you that you need all of these things that are randomly placed around the map and you can miss and never be able to go back to because you're on a rail. So you have to restart the entire level and do it again. It's honestly, Uh, if if you're interested in seeing what really bad game design looked like back in the day, look at pro Jared's video on that game. It's actually quite entertaining. Yeah. I can imagine that the video would be entertaining, but the game itself. No, I tried the game. It's not, (laughs) it's very annoying. Uh, 1993 super Nintendo release in Japan everybody's favorite final fantasy final fantasy mystic quest i love mystic quest everybody i mean i like mystic quest too but a lot of people fucking hate that game i mostly just like the music yeah music's pretty just like yeah uh 1993 genesis released in japan i didn't play this one but i played a different one in the series mutant league football oh yeah i had mutant league football i played hockey that was mine uh and then last but not least, oh, I guess before that, Mutant League needs to come back. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. With the gray graphics are now, you could have a gory-ass sports game. Hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess Mutant League football already kind of exists because it's kind of Blood Bowl. Oh, right. They do have that. But, but there's, no, know, ho- there, the there's no hockey version, so we need that. Ah, true. So we need, uh, we need blood, uh, blood Rink. There we go. <laughs> blood Puck. Or Puck. Blood Puck. True. Whatever. It works. <laughs> Either way. Oh, wait, it'd be Blood Cup because Blood Bowl is in reference to the Super Bowl, so Blood Cup uh, would be the Stanley Cup. There we cup. go. Blood Cup. I figured right, it blood out. Cup. And then last but not least, to end off this show and the day, 1993 arcade release in Japan, Super Street Fighter 2. 
AKA the uh, way that I play Street Fighter 2 and Super Nintendo. Same. Yep. Wow, those two days were amazing. Right. Like that is that is, this should be a na- these two days should be a national gaming holiday. I Gotta mean be. If if you book it off as vacation technically for you <laughs> it is. Why do you need this day off? It's a national video game holiday. I mean, I mean, if if you're lucky enough to work for a company that gives you personal days as well, you can just do that. You don't need a reason. Just like I'm taking a personal day today. Bye. Yeah, I'm taking a personal day. I'm celebrating the, uh, the Neo Geo CD. The 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 Dreamcast released on nine nine ninety nine. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, that is the end of this show and the end. Well, almost. Well, depending on what time you're listening, if you're listening to this at lunch, it's the start of your weekend. So hey, yes. way to kick it off. And if you're watching yeah. it at any other point in the day, well, um, sorry that this is how you're ending your day, I guess. <laughs> you're eating cereal in the middle of the day, and that's still okay. Yeah, that, that, that's what adulting is. It's deciding, I don't care that this is normally something that I wouldn't be allowed to eat now. I'm eating all of it right now. I'm eating all of it right now. It's just you look at that tub of ice cream and you go, look, I know it's for dessert. I know it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Don't care. We're eating half of this damn thing. Maybe I'll make it dinner. Who knows? This week in We're Old, ice cream for dinner. Let's go. <laughs> That's what adulting truly is. Not even playing video games whenever you want. It's eating just everything you were told not to at dinner time. Yes, exactly. But yeah, that being said, thank you so much for checking out this episode. So if you are watching this on YouTube, obviously, if you haven't already liked the channel, subscribe, like the channel, Jesus, like the (laughs) video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to this on any audio service that is available onto it, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. If you have the ability to rate us, please do so. Otherwise, no matter where you are, please share with all your gamer friends especially if they're big into retro stuff and they want to reminisce about how, you know, they're rapidly aging and yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. So otherwise <laughs> link tree slash pixel play podcast, L I N K T R dot E E slash pixel play podcast, where you can find links to our socials, link to our discord, link to our email. If you want to ask us questions and as always where you can find our podcast anywhere else other than where you are listening to it right now. So that being said, one more time, thank you for checking out this week's episode We will see you next time. Remember, Pixel Play Wednesdays at 12.30 Eastern, or 12 o'clock Eastern, I should say. And this show always goes up at 10 a.m. Eastern Saturday morning. So, enjoy all your games. Chris is probably going to go play Super Mario RPG right now. And uh, we'll see all y'all later. (laughs) Bye.